0: On today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the NUX Misconduct Network of Podcasts, if you don't know, the Vancouver Canucks are not going to be making the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, now you know, after two straight regulation losses to the Winnipeg Jets at home. We break that all down for you, those past two games. We also set up what perhaps the rest of the season for the Vancouver Canucks could possibly look like once they come back from this week-long break that they have against the Calgary Flames on Wednesday. And we end the show with a bit of thoughts on the Elias Patterson injury because there are reports coming out today as we are recording this that it could be a bit more serious than we initially thought. Should be a good one. Haaland Double! You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. He's not a person at all. He's a towel. You're a towel. But in Vancouver, mainly, it's all about towel power. Are you ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Power of the Towel, part of the NUX Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick. Bondi, before you go any further, subscribe to the Nuxmas Conduct Network wherever you get podcasts. Not only do you get this show, Power of the Towel, twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, throughout the NHL season, the Canucks season, you also get and Filthy, Puck and Bullshit, brand new episode, came out yesterday. Go give it a listen. The Quickie by the one and only Trevor Beggs. And, of course, sip it on a 40 from the brilliant mind, the unique mind of Kyle Bowen. Okay, so we mentioned it right in the intro. It's it's not a secret to anyone who's been listening to this show for, it's uh, March 26th now. This is, like guess, a month ago. The Vancouver Canucks will not be making the playoffs in 2021, folks. The Athletic gives them a 7% chance to win, sorry, to make the playoffs. A 0% chance, just straight up no chance in hell of them winning the Stanley Cup this year. 2% to make the second round and 1% to make the final four. So, it's going to be tough because you look at the odds they give for the playoff spots in the North Division. Remember, four teams are going to make it out of this division. Toronto. 100%. Oilers, 93%. Winnipeg Jets, 92%. Montreal, 91%. So it looks like all four spots in the North Division have been locked up, essentially. And now it's just about uh, about who is going to finish where. Montreal, they just keep increasing their games in hand on all these teams because of the cancellations, because of COVID. They're not playing... At least until next Monday, there's going to be some games moved around, folks, because of the North Division schedule, because of these cancellations. So please keep that in mind. Yes, the Canucks are coming back Wednesday. But after that, the schedule will probably look a bit different. Will definitely look a bit different. But anyways, let's get to those games. Monday night. And for some reason, when I recorded that game, that episode Monday night, I was convinced that was the last game before... The break. I didn't realize that it was a two game set against the Jets. So if you go listen to that episode and thinking like, "What the hell is this guy talk about the break?" I honestly thought this was going to be the last game <laughs> before the break. On, like we say, honest people, honest podcasts. Honestly, thought this was going to be the last game before the break. But anyways, that Jets game Monday night end up losing that four nothing. And in that, in that game, it just, the team just looked like they weren't, the effort, the urgency, I just didn't feel was there. They did not look like they were playing, you know, a game in which this is the last chance to pick up some points before the standings likely get out of reach. It just felt like there wasn't a sense of urgency from the Vancouver Canucks. And maybe that's me fucking up that, uh... <laughs> Uh, there was not there was another game after that, but I didn't get the sense of urgency from that game. It doesn't matter if there's a game afterwards. You can split the series. You can't split the series if you're the Vancouver Canucks. You got to win these games. And that was the disappointing part, from the Monday game at least, was just the lack of urgency I felt from that team wasn't up to where I think that team needs to be at. But the first goal, the winning goal by Blake Wheeler... Man, man, did Edler look slow on that first goal? It was not. It was not a good look for Edler. Pinches puck goes by him, and then afterwards, Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler's not the fleetest of foot, but he just knew after that Edler had no chance of catching him. Not a good goal on Demko either, but good play by uh Blake Wheeler. He kind of looked off, looked off Demko. Thought, I'm sure Demko thought he was going to pass and then shoots it. I've been in that situation before. Played a couple games of uh, a goalie and Paul hockey. It's a uh, that's a tough one because you're looking at the eyes, you're looking at his positioning, you think, okay, that's a pass, and a quick low snapshot like that can it can throw you off guard. Yeah, no, absolutely no doubt. Nikolai Ehlers, another great game against the Vancouver Canucks. I swear this guy really steps up anytime he plays the Vancouver Canucks, just twisting the knife in that wound of the whole Vertana and Nylander Ehlers. Situation. The power play didn't look that great, I didn't think, on Monday night at least. And then the third period, you know, th- there was a good push to start the third period, which I'd like to see. And then they just got a lucky one after that, the Jets. Of course, the big story coming out of that game was the Horvat injury. There wasn't going to be any top four centers. Think about that. If if, if Bo- and, and thankfully, 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 it was deemed a bone bruise. He was able to he was able to play the next night, but and we'll get to the Canucks' history with uh with injuries and, and their medical staff uh, after the break. But there there was a very real possibility that in this second game against the Jets, the Canucks were not going to play with their top four centers of Pedersen, Horvat, Sutter, and Beagle. They were gonna go into the game with no top four cents, which you know Jim Benning would have used that, would use that as an excuse at the end of the season press conference. You can already book that. That's like minus 500 favorite. By the way, go uh go subscribe to the It's Free Money Podcast. A lot of quick plug for the other show. A lot of good gambling tips, in my opinion, out there. But anyways, it was it looks it looked bad. It looked bad when he came down the tunnel, people. In the arena, I saw, again, I saw I saw tweets, him lying in a t- tunnel, just yelling out, fuck, that's not a good sign. But there was a good push to start, I felt, in the third period. Just got a lucky one after that, but the, they never really tested in that game Connor Hellebuck. That was my big concern coming out of that game. They never really tested him. And I know it's easy to gloss over the Horvath injury now because, Seems like he's going to be okay. Hopefully, he takes this uh, this week to rest, and the foot's fine, and it hasn't been misdiagnosed or anything like that. But it w- it was approaching very scary scenes for the Vancouver Canucks when you couldn't have your top four centers in the lineup for for a crucial game, no matter what happened before that. That that second game against the Jets was always going to be crucial, considering what happened in the first game. So that second game against the Jets ended up being. loss to the Winnipeg Jets my gambling brain just goes to the fact that if you took the under in that game you would have been so so choked with all the goals late in the third period like absolutely choked but it's not a gambling show so we won't go too much into it but that's just where my brain goes at this point in my life the generic gambler in me just goes man if if you took the under in that game I would be so so pissed but, but anyways, look, I was setting up to be a big game. Horvat healthy. That was a big boost for the team, I think, going into that game. Alex Adler tries to take out the Jets' captain, like first shift in the game, Blake Wheeler. Almost an identical play. Blake Wheeler takes a puck right off the skate, goes down in a heap. You know, uh, if you're a Jets fan, luckily he, uh, he got back up and played the game. This was right after the, the Tim Peel situation. So everyone's making jokes about the uh, the Tim Peel makeup call on Twitter, and just a quick comment on the whole Tim Peel situation. Look, we all know makeup calls exist in the game. We all know that. I think the only crying Tim Peel made was he, he said that he said the quiet part out loud. That's really the only mistake he made was he, he said it on the hot mic. If if you think about it, we can't call all the penalties in hockey. That would just be way too too much and we know that game management exists and we know like ref's trying to even out penalties but it was just wild just wild to hear it on in a video on on a hot mic but anyways I, th- I thought Tyler Mott had a great game the second game there there was a play I think in the uh in the in the first or second period where he turns the puck over but you know what immediately gets it back leads to a great scoring chance for the Canucks Tyler Mott, I think I would like him to stay as, as a Vancouver of. I'm sure he's got value. I can honestly see him getting you know, a late first-round pick, like a Barclay Goodrow type situation. I think he's that valuable to a team. Good bottom six forward, great penalty killer. Can provide shorthand goal slot. Playoff teams would love that. But I, I'd like to see Tyler Mott stick around. I, I really do. I think he'd be a good bottom six contributor for this team. Jimmy Vesey had another great game. He got a great chance in this game. He seems to have chemistry with JT Miller. We uh we had Pete Edwards on the last episode of Power of the Towel. He of the Canucks Speakeasy podcast. He mentioned you know Jimmy Beese and JT Miller played, you know on those junior US national teams together. So maybe they have some chemistry there. I think he's had a, a good start, a good solid start to his Canucks career. Of course, the Canucks took two, too many men penalties. Two straight Winnipeg goals, absolutely ridiculous. And those are the type of calls that you can't avoid game management for those. There's either six men on the ice or there or there isn't. And those are the type of calls that are always a call because they're not subjective, right? Like a hook and hold a slash. At the end of the day, they are they are subjective, they're not black and white. Why do you think, you know, puck over glass is always called regardless of the situation? Because it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. You cannot say, oh, I, I'm going to let that one go. I didn't see it. You know, it's not really that much. It's either the puck is over the glass, cleared by the defenseman, not deflected, or it's not. So you're always going to see those calls called, obviously. I thought JT Miller had another great game as the pretty much the first line center of the team with all the injuries. There, there was that play late in the game where Travis Hammond kind of deferred to Myers. I he had he had room to skate it out but tries to pass up to Myers for the exit attempt when Tyler Myers was clearly gassed and he was on and then ended up being like a monster shift for Tyler Myers like literally 3 minutes and man I, I tweet this out at the time anytime they have that Myers shift clock come on sports cuz they have that graphic right like the shift clock it, it at, at one point earlier in the game it was like 2 minutes and something and then eventually there was like the 3 minute Tyler Myers shift and they just had the entire you know line and defense pairing for for their uh, for their shift for the shift clock. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, the Canucks, though, in that game, that second game, it, it this may surprise you. They had twice as many shot attempts on five on five than the Winnipeg Jets. Unbelievable, right? But they end up losing five one. Andrew Kopp. I was going to say Adam Lowry, but Andrew Kopp. For some reason, I get them. Confused. I think they're the same player. Andrew Kopp. Four goals. Four goal night for him. Yeah, and that was kind of, you know, the final nail in the coffin for for the Vancouver Canucks playoff tro- hopes again. 7% according to The Athletic to make the playoffs. So where does that leave the Vancouver Canucks the, uh, the rest of the way? What is going to happen? Well, first and foremost... It's time to look for everyone's favorite phrase in uh, in Vancouver, asset management. I love, Vancouver fans love asset management. But that's where we're going to have to look to the, the rest of the season. Obviously, the, uh, the trade deadline is April 12th this year. Canadian government has removed its quarantine restrictions to seven days with additional testing. So maybe, you know, maybe that facilitates a, a few more trades for the Canucks. Maybe that allows, you know, teams to easily be buyers like the Leafs. Maybe that allows the Vancouver Canucks to instead of looking for picks and pro, maybe they go up the player route. Remember, remember the Thomas Vanek, the Tyler Mott situation? Maybe they go for more players because they can theoretically put them right into the lineup. With players like Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd claimed off waivers, I think I think the Vancouver Canucks are, are getting ready to sell. I don't want to get my hopes up because I know as I get my hopes up they're not going to do anything and they're going to blame COVID and everything, which is a legitimate excuse this year. Let's let's be real, let's be honest. It's probably a lot harder to make trades happen with a flat cap and COVID. But I don't I don't want to get my hopes up. I'll be I'll be pleasantly surprised if they go full full sell. Maybe they they ship off a guy like Brandon Sutter for for a pick. I heard the Edmonton Oilers are interested in with like a fourth round pick. Maybe they do something like that. But I think it's just going to set up the rest of the season. We've got one, got 20-odd games. Somewhere around there for the Vancouver Canucks. 19 games, actually. Because they play a 56-game season. They played 37. 19 games left. It's evaluation time. It's about seeing what you have the rest of the season. And it's disappointing for people like me who... Create content around the Vancouver Canucks, we podcast around that. I want to talk about a winning team. There's nothing I want more than to talk about a winning team, but at the end of the day, this is what the season is gonna come down to is you're gonna hear a lot more talk about the future on these podcasts about the Vancouver Canucks because let's face it, these games down the stretch, they're not gonna mean much in terms of standings. It's about evaluating what you have. They have a game against the flames coming up Wednesday. 7.30 p.m. start. Flames are reeling. They only have a 15% chance, according to The Athletic. Sorry, 17 to make the playoffs. So big game for them if they want any chance of, uh, of making the playoffs. They got three games ahead hand on the Canucks. But Canadians have three games ahead hand on them. So tough situation for them. But the, for the rest of the season, I think the Vancouver Canucks... It's evaluation time. It's about figuring out what you have for the future. It's unfortunate for a lot of fans, but it's, uh, but it's honest truth. The rest of the season, you're just playing out the string. It's the, uh, it's like an old school death march like we used to have back in, uh, back in 2018, 19 or 2017, 18, just playing out the string. That's kind of what the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks have, uh, have done to themselves this season, unfortunately. But anyways, i are going to take a quick break and we're going to end the show with a little talk about Elias Patterson injury status because there was some big news, I think, regarding that or fairly significant news regarding the Elias Patterson injury that came out uh, today. So we'll be back right after this. Okay, we are back. So, Leas Patterson, he's been out for a while, right? They've been saying day-to-day, day-to-day, day-to-day. Well, we have some news this morning from uh, Sadiar Shah. This is what he said on uh, on the radio. He might still play before the end of the season, but I'm not expecting him back anytime soon, especially not for the 31st when Canucks come back. Again, that is after the break. Irfan Gafar, I believe, reported earlier that it could be a wrist injury. And this is what Patrick Johnston, former guest of the show, uh, had to say. He said, the fact an MRI revealed more than the initial clinical diagnosis and that Patterson's now been out nearly four weeks and doesn't seem close to return suggests he could have a fracture or ligament damage. Let's just say there's reason to suspect it's a wrist problem. Now, of course, this goes back to Canucks doctors in general. You know the history of Vancouver Connects medical staff. They don't have the best injury. I believe one of them went to the the, the I think the Golden State Warriors, and they started getting a bunch of injuries as well. But I just go. I think it's time to, to shut Elias Patterson down until you are hundred percent sure this wrist is fully healthy. There is no point. There is absolutely no point going back and rushing him back for games again. That we have said. You're just you're just playing out the string. You're just playing out the string at this point. Take your time with Elias Petterson. Make sure. Make sure he is fully healthy. And that goes for Bo Horvat as well. I know he played Wednesday night. They're saying just a bone bruise. But make sure. Make sure there's nothing worse there. And make sure these guys are fully healthy for next season. Because, again, you're just playing out the string now. If you believe some reports that they're looking at trading UFAs and even RFAs like Godet and Vertanen, they are just playing out the string. They are just playing these games to finish the season. There's no point to rush back a guy like Elias Patterson, especially if this injury has been misdiagnosed, it looks like the way it has been for the past four weeks, essentially. Because He went out, know, what, that early Leafs game? In March, I believe that 3-1 game March 4th was the first day Elias Patterson did not play for the Vancouver Canucks. He has not played since in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 straight games. Again, it's time to shut down Elias Patterson. Nothing controversial saying, I just had to say it. It's time to shut down Elias Patterson and make sure this guy is fully healthy by the time next season starts. Because, again, if you believe Jim Benning has said two more years to make this team competitive, it's probably pretty important to have this guy fully healthy and no lingering issues two years down the road. Okay, so that is it for today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. We will be back on Tuesday as usual for our longer episode. Make sure to subscribe to the network wherever you get podcasts. Again, four shows, one swipe, one tap. As we like to say here, this is Power of the Towel, part of the Nexus Conduct Network of Podcast. My name is Nick Bondi. Thank you for listening.